Welcome back to PZ85 Plays, the Cursed Squad <laughs> of the Podzilla 1985 Network. I am Cody Sandusky. Glad to be joining you for what is now probably the final episode of 2022. Do not let your podcast app of choice deceive you. PZ <laughs> After Dark is not it. This is it. Q band from the 90s here. Uh, as we are returning to Barovia, if you remember the end of last episode, well, you remember how ominous it was. If you don't, I encourage you to go back and listen before you hear this. Not that it's the largest spoiler in the world, but things happened, which I know feels a little bit foreign after a few weeks off that we've had. But joining me in the adventures in Barovia and seeing if we can muster our way through a later-than-normal session are our cast of characters, starting first with Rasmus Thomason, the cleric indeed. It is Double H. Namaste. Namaste. Uh, alongside, as we continue to move down in a weird format on my screen, our resident heir Genasi Zephra, the blue one. It is Lindsay Wolfgang. I am the blue one, and it's very cold outside, so I'm blue for a reason. She is blue, Totino's boy. Uh, playing the Blood Hunter with blood on his hands, metaphorically and probably otherwise, it is Bjorn, played by Kaz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, similar to, yet legally distinct from Valmont himself, it is Aiden being played by co-owner, co-creator, uh... Creator! Stop saying co-creator! Jesse didn't Lindsay do shit! Was there too, motherfucker! It's Shannon Young! Hey, everybody. Alright, there we go. <laughs> And I playing can't. Big this... Sad himself, it's birthday boy Red, Tanner Calvert. And he's still muted. I this hear a, a goddamn thing you said. That's not my name. Oh, okay. no, Big Sad himself is definitely what I got from the last 30 minutes. The so big fuck. Sad himself. What's your, what's your name, Tanner? <clears throat> it's big, French. Big. No. Nick. Nope. Nope. This, uh, this harder Art. black cherry got me leaning. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? That boy wild. You remember that, that boy wild. So. You remember that time Fonzie Fonz, crossed the Rio Grande? <laughs> yeah, I remember Fonzie like there right next to Fonzie. Well, you remember that time <laughs> you, that Fonzie you was mean in the, the Potomac? No, I don't even know what the Rio Grande is. It's a river that borders Texas and Mexico, homeboy. Yeah, yeah that's remember that, it. Remember that time that Fonzie uh, was in the balcony when John Wilkes Booth shot Lincoln? I thought he shot him. Oh shit! He no, did. That's a common misconception. Oh, he, yeah. was, he was just there. He was just, <laughs> just there. like Aaron Burr vilified John Wilkes Booth when it was Fonzie all along. John Wilkes Booth said six Emperor Tyrannus, and Fonzie said future proof <laughs> in the aftermath. And then he did some parkour and left. Stop. God, <laughs> I hate the oh, session yeah. so much. You know what? I want to go back in time and decline my option to come back from trivia <laughs> night to do this. I'd like to start over. And by that, Cody, I mean, I'd like to go to so bed. much fun. Come on. Yeah. Are we, it's, it's, Tanner's, it's Tanner's birthday. We don't talk about that. We don't we do. talk we do, about Bruno. Tanner's birthday or however the song right. goes. Oh, no, so no. for those of you who are watching the stream on Facebook.com slash Podzilla1985, you they're, see a gaggle of texts. You're not. They're not. What? No, that's fine. Not streaming. No stream. yeah. Oh, cool. We don't do that anymore. Fine. What do I know? So oh, no. Sorry, no, no well, hold on. We're bringing it back in the new year, though. Are we? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, then, right for those down. of you listening, we're not editing it because we never do. Nope. Uh, when last we left these characters, an ominous fate befell a uh, certain father in the crowd. And this is whilst the party was split, as three members were off to gather 
a supply for a newfound thing in the basement of this building. <laughs> Rasmus Thomason was escorting uh, Ismark and Irina back to the Burgomaster's mansion, and Aiden was watching said trap door for individual in the basement of this church. Uh, as we start to bring you back into your separate components, do any of you have questions? What happened to Gerbil Durbel? Well, he gobble gobbled and he goddamned. <laughs> I'd like to withdraw my question. Yeah, I sure you would. You eat that chocolate bar there, buddy? Yes. No okay. questions. No questions. Okay. While the map may deceive us slightly, if at last I remember, as I said, Rasmus has journeyed to the other side of town or is en route to the other side of town with Ismark and Irina. We will visit with him shortly. Uh, for the three of you that are venturing uh, away from the church, when you hear the bell toll, what do you do? I think he's talking to you. Not everybody jump at once. Say I I can't. I'm I'm not there. Same. Yeah. I'm, I'm still in the church holding up. Right, that yeah. Boy. yeah. Shannon is there. Can we check? Hunters on the other side of town, or at least somewhere on the path they're in. And Bjorn, Zephra, and Alfred had left already. Not terribly far in their journey, but going to find a chicken or something for Doru. I'd like to check his pockets, please. You're not in there. So you're sprinting back to the church to pickpocket. God damn it! How do I mute somebody else's post? <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys you are already start by clearing the text on the uh, on the map. Yeah, yeah. You you guys are already walking. You're you're leaving, so you can come back, or right. you can keep yeah. going. I wasn't aware I mean, that we were I heard leaving. It just sound once. I would turn around out of a slight confusion. Why uh, does Kaz have bacon on his? He also has a shadow around his token for whatever reason, but I'm not going to query about that either. Elbow distance. Don't get near me. Okay. Gladly. So, all right. So two of you seemingly are making your way back into the church. Red, what are you doing? Uh, I guess I want to follow them. Okay. So as things, uh, uh, as things are navigated by the three of you to kind of make your way at whatever pace you do back to the church. Aiden, I know you have at the end of the last session kind of investigated briefly the father and seeing what had gone on. And I mentioned to you and for the three of you that are going to be soon re-entering the church, you are going to hear the cries from the basement once more. Somehow even more pained than they were previously. You just hear the screaming of fire from downstairs and you can tell that it's a mix of desperation, being desperate, destitute to find out what's going on, but also uh, mourning. It is a mix of emotions a bit different than it was previously downstairs. Oh, yeah. I forgot when we left off as I saw the uh, the dead body and I knew what it was. I pulled my whip out and looked towards the uh, the thing. So I guess while they're walking back in. I am solemnly walking straight forward towards that, um, towards that 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 basement. Mm-hmm. Well, we've already been down there, so we know what's You're there. Gonna, well, I would say though that I would like. Misery. Yeah, I'm gonna go I put it like out of its misery. That thing out. Yeah, let's go end it because it can be problematic for others. And I'm just gonna tell him, like, I'm just gonna point back at the body, and um, you know, tell him that there's there's no point in letting this thing live. 
Like, this isn't murder. This is mercy. Okay. Oh, you ain't got to convince me. I'm already, I'm ready. Okay. I mean, the so, point, the, I, again, the, 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 the trap door you guys have already, you've pulled it open, so at least you, you've loosened it up in the sense that if you just undo the chain from around the, the handles, you can do that. As you make your way uh, downstairs. Yeah, because I mean, the the initial plan was to feed it to see if that could satiate its hunger, but you know, out of out of pity for the the father, but I mean, there's no there's no sense in creating another monster or potentially worsening the situation. Okay, unless someone disagrees with me. Keeping him alive for the father's sake. Well, sounds like sounds like nobody's contesting so far, buddy. No. Okay. So yeah, it, it appears so far that Bjorn and Aiden, you guys are free and clear to go downstairs. Zephra, Alfred, what do you guys do as as they make their I'm way down? Stay upstairs by the main entrance. Okay. I guess I'm gonna stay with her. I don't wanna leave her by herself. Surely we can handle this, right? Yeah, we got this. We're monster hunters. <laughs> right. That's what we, it's what we do. Let's kill it. Yeah. Still over in that corner. I'm, a, I'm, uh, I'm assuming we can see it, Cody. I, Let I, me. You go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I, I would like to try talking to it as we're down okay. here and tell him that uh, his father has passed. Yep. Uh, that's. We'll give a pause for you guys for a second, and that's thematically great. You guys kind of approach it as you approach it, uh, Aiden. You kind of see it in the corner, shrouded, shaking, but kind of it pulls its hands from its face as it senses you coming, and that's the phrase you get out, your father has passed. As we do that, we're going to pivot over to Rasmus with Irina and Ismark. At this point, you guys are about two-thirds the way to the Burgomaster's uh, mansion. You've passed the Blood and Vine Inn. You're probably passing closer to where Mad Mary is. And because of Doppler effect, it does take you a moment, but you do hear a single toll of the bell come from the church. Uh, Ismark and Irina look very confused. They kind of look at each other quizzically, and they look back at you the same way, as if they know you don't know, probably, because you're not from here, but they also don't know, and so they're just looking for a third party to kind of proffer an idea or whatever is on your mind. It certainly catches them off guard, and you kind of catch Ismark say quietly, that bell hasn't tolled in many a moon. That's about all they have to say about it. I, uh, I in in the wake of what <laughs> what Rasmus believed to be a very successful event, especially his involvement in it, I imagine the the optimist in him would say, "Well, would not the father toll the bell for the the burial of your father?" Like that's where his mind first goes. Yeah. Is that this this positive thing has been done, and you know perhaps the people left behind convinced him to at least take a look at that, and and things are maybe on the upswing. I, I mean, I, I is Mark being a bit more worn to the world with everything that's happened the last few days. Well, maybe passively take that as a as a thought. He's very skeptical. You can tell he's like, well. Maybe Donovich wasn't in a great place and he kind of trails off. Irina seemingly trying to put on a more positive air kind of takes this. Like, oh, well, and she looks at Ismark and you. I don't know that anyone's actively 
been laid to rest like that recently. So I I, I hope so. And she kind of gives you a, a half affirming smile, not not showing a lot of emotion, but enough to acknowledge that she's kind of if with much effort putting herself in the same wavelength. Yeah, she's willing to accept that as a as a conclusion, which more or less Rasmus is too. I mean, he legitimately does not know. He right. has no idea what would have caused that, but things seem to have gone well, so he's going to look on the bright side of life. Mm-hmm. Mazel tov. And that's all you can do. So mm-hmm. at this juncture, you two, or you three, pardon me, make your way back to the Burgomaster's mansion, mm-hmm. and uh, Ismark comments, very matter-of-factly, after kind of the brief conversation aside about the bell, we have laid Father to rest. I greatly appreciate, again, your assistance in that matter. And he looks and says, Irina, it is time that you take your leave from this area. You are but too close to Strahd's influence. You are surely being observed. He wants you. It is no longer safe for you to be here. I can no longer be a protector. This village cannot. Perhaps these people can. And for the first time, Rasmus, you kind of notice a a resolve that she she accepts the fate of the situation. Like she, the terms of the agreement have been met, and you can tell that she is steadfast, much as a, a politician's daughter would be to her word. That was spoken. That was the agreement. She gives a firm curt nod to Ismark, and she looks at you and kind of gives the same nod as well. And as you guys approach the Burgomaster's mansion, she goes about making herself busy to prepare what what little belongings she feels needed to take with her on a journey. Okay. Um, while she's doing that, I guess it would be prudent to ask, uh, just to, to clarify, I feel like in character we already talked about this, mm-hmm. but just to clarify through through uh, Ismark that we're we're taking her to Velaki, if I remember correctly. That is the she's village. She's us, right? Correct. And that's what he'll look at. He said, that is the nearest village that I know of that could be a stronghold where there okay. is potentially more people to protect her. Okay. And he will mention that Velaki and Kresk are the two larger villages in this area other than right. Barovia that may serve as, as formidable strong um, since it's the first time that, that he and I basically one of us and one of them has been away from everybody else in some time um, I do want to ask him if he knows anything about Ser Pool T-S-E-R if he's mm-hmm. ever heard of that or can tell me anything about it uh he looks at you and he gives a slight smirk and you can't tell at first if it's maybe annoyance or recognition, maybe a positive, but he does kind of give that. And he says, yes, that is where the Vistani tend to stay. That, okay. is, that is where their, their encampment most often finds itself. Where is it in relation to like where we are and where we're going? And he would kind of gesture from the area that you're in, he would kind of point toward the northwest. Yeah, he says, as you follow the Svalich Road going toward Velaki, you will encounter paths that will lead you to Serapool. It is okay. a bit off of the path to the way, but it is an established path, unlike others in this realm. And he will also, again, with reverence, not the right word, but at least an acknowledgement of the 
nature of the people he of which he's discussing. He will note whatever has told you about that place, unless you knew of it yourself, leads me to believe that somebody, something important is there. And he looks at you, he says, the Vistani are a an eclectic group. As you saw at the inn, some have left the group, some have been disavowed for entanglements with standard folk. Some align themselves with him. He kind of lets that hang out as opposed to the name, but you both pick up on that phrase. Mm-hmm. Others yet are simply wanderers. They travel among the the land of Barovia. Word is that some may travel beyond its mists and be able to return without issue. This I cannot speak of, but they are for those that are still within the family. He kind of throws out a generic air quotes to that. For those who are still within the group, they are an interesting spiritual folk. And that's the brunt of what he gives you. He acknowledges that he doesn't have much in the way of interpersonal connections with many. Again, they're kind of a transitive folk that move about the land, so him being pretty married to the village of Barovia doesn't necessarily make it out of his way. And also, he doesn't say it explicitly, but he knows of the opinion of the two sisters that own the Blood and Vine, of how they feel about him. So... His more recent experiences have been sour, though he would be quick to, again, point out that just because they feel that way, they are not of the core Vistani group any longer. So their opinion may not be that, or their attitude may not be that of the group at large. Okay. Noted. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I won't give up any specific information when he, at his mention of like whether you knew about it or someone has told you about it, it was kind of, yeah. The answer to that is yes, you know. And and not willfully withholding information, just sort of a, an acknowledgement of, we helped you out. I had a question. I don't know you. I don't know any for, further information than that. Yeah. And because of the, the tone of the day and everything that has happened, you can tell he doesn't much make note, or at least on the surface, doesn't make much of a, a desire to inquire further. He just yeah. throws it out there. You again exchange information in a conversation. His mind is already on the next thing. Father is buried. Irina is yeah. soon to be out of town. Yeah. And I'm assuming he's staying here. He's not going yes. with us, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, then if there's anything I can do to help Irina get ready, or the party for that matter, uh, packing up anything she needs to take, food, whatever, uh, that's what I would have Rasmus do for the remainder of the time she needs to get ready. Yeah, you kind of make yourself busy, you know, helping out. She doesn't seem that she's packing a lot. There's not much for her to take, but as you undertake that assistance, we pivot back to those of you in the basement of the church. Aiden and Bjorn, again, they... You find Doru pulling his hands away from his face, and you mention, Aiden, that his father is dead. The, the first thing you hear kind of a, a guttural, why? Why? <laughs> the first Rope. thing I can think Rope. of. Is uh is is just Val Kilmer as Doc Holiday, and I want to tell him like the stress was too much for him to bear. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a salient response, honestly. Yeah, I'm gonna say it, but in not the Doc Holiday voice, the the strength. <laughs> he, relieved, he relieved himself of his burden. Oh no, I don't like that, uh, buddy. We'll go with threw that out there. I mean, if that's how you wish to speak about it. No, he thought that. It's just in this world, it's like Deadpool. He breaks the fourth wall, and the audience can hear his thoughts. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, just tell him that. Uh, that yeah, the the stress was too much for him to bear. He's gone, and apologize. Then he, he kind of whimpers and seems again. Aiden, you were in the building. It, this is a conversation that doesn't necessarily need to happen based upon how he sounded, based <laughs> upon the reactions in the immediate aftermath. He knows, you know, he knows this is more just kind of being decorum. Right. Then he looks at you and just acknowledges Then what have you to do with me? Then I, I expect no goodwill at this encounter. But tell him we don't mean ill will, but I'm going to ask him if he knows what he is and what he's to become. He looks and says, I know what I've already am. I know what I've been for the days longer than I can count the claw marks I've put in these walls. Why do you think I've been clamoring for father, for relief, for anything? I know what I've become. I'm going to tell him I'm not a religious person. That one's gone. But uh, what can we do for him? What would he like us to do? He looks, he looks, he notices you again, unless you've kind of made it more discreet. He notices you with whip in hand. He kind of acknowledges that you've girded yourself with some form of weaponry. And he says, well, I believe I see what you have for me to become. I know the only release I have of this is a miracle that has yet to make itself or that he who made me this is vanquished. Otherwise, I return to him because it is the only place I know left. This holy ground is not for me. I'm going to hold my arm out toward Bjorn and kind of calm him just for a second and look towards him, uh, this creature, and tell him that he's he's still very well spoken for what he's becoming and ask him if he has any sense of um, control left in him. He looks a bit taken aback at the word control. He says, I haven't had anything other than desire for so long now. I believe Father's passing has given me this, but I fear not for long. You can kind of see him again, seeing that there are two of you against one of him and kind of reading the writing on the wall. He kind of presses himself closer into the wall where he's at. <laughs> I'm going to sigh. I'm going to sigh out loud and uh, lower my whip and look at Bjorn. <laughs> I'm just going to look I'm at him. I've still got a crossbow up with my with a bolt aimed at him. I'm going to I'm going to look back at him and ask him, "How long have you been down here?" I have not seen moon nor sun in immeasurable days. Years likely. And then I'm going to ask, 
How much longer do you have? Do you think you have in you? He looks at both of you and says, I know not why I've had it to this point. Why hold on now? And then one last question. I just want to ask him, was it Strahd? He says nothing. He looks. And the the visage is gone. So at that moment, just as she, uh, as uh, Aiden, Aiden is staring, <laughs> is looking at him. A bolt uh, from my crossbow lands against its head. <laughs> and, like next to it. No, Are I you didn't. telling me you're firing a warning shot or you're firing a shot? A shot. Give me an attack roll. Before we do initiative, I'll give you the chance to give a flat attack. Attack row? Yeah, just standard, whatever your crossbow action is, make that, that roll for it. That's a 16. That's a 16. 16. Roll damage. Eight. Okay. Well, kids. So this is happening while he's talking to him, and he's, he asked him his last question. And as, uh, yeah, so that's when I roll, let it go. Roll initiative. Oh hell! Can you see Just, my rolls still, or is it still not doing it? Let me. I, I've got both D and D Beyond and Roll Twenty pulled up, so I should be able to bounce between the two. All right, because I got thirteen. Uh, is that showing up? Can you see that, Cody? Yeah, I can see it. Okay. Do the ones upstairs hear any of the commotion that's going on? I mean, not that the crossbow is the loudest thing on the planet, but I mean, they have the capability of... As soon as action starts, I have a feeling they're going to pick up on a little bit of a scuffle. So I'll say, uh, a or Alfred and uh, Zephra, you guys can roll initiative, but you will not come in until the next go-round. If you, if you notice and wish to yeah. engage, you have a round delay because, again, all of this is happening spur of the moment. I was kind of out, out of character. I always kind of wondered how that dynamic gets played in. If they're out of a room and are potentially coming in, how the initiative gets done. So, yeah, wasn't wasn't sure. Let me see if I can throw all you guys in the initiative counter. And turn, 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 turn. Wow, okay. I named that token not that, but apparently it's Utripa Groapu. Or should be Grapaku. Oh, that's not what that token's named. Trogpaku. No, that's a good name. As a Pokemon. It literally, it's my, when I open it up, huh, it says represents character Doru, but the name was not Doru. So there you go. Well, Cody, the name on the contract says Doru. Trogpaku Doru. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Let's kick this pig. Right uh, in the ass. Bjorn, you don't need two turns. Pig kicker. While Cody's getting things into place, the latest episode of the Inquest is is up. Uh, Two episodes of past Ghostbusters. Thank you, Ghostbusters Part 1 and 2. She didn't say it was good. I'm just thanking her for listening. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, Hunter, I'll be honest with you. I listened to it, and I thought it was... I mean, uh, it was good. 
Well, I thought it was shallow. Well, almost it, 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 semantic. Yeah, yeah. It was honestly it was derivative. It was honestly very derivative. Yeah, it was pretty derivative. Oh, uh, what of Shannon? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hate all of it. Yeah, it was a fantastic. I, I told Hunter I, this I went morning. To, I listened to both episodes on the drive to work today, and I was very happy about it. Thank you, guys. I don't want to start teasing anything next because I honestly, Cody was also the first one to ask me, so what are you doing next? And I went, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> the first three, it was super easy. I knew exactly what I wanted to do after each one. This one, I'm kicking around a couple ideas. He gave me a couple ideas I really like. Um, I have one that I'm, I'm thinking of, but I, I have not settled on it yet. So Actually, I'm going to write it by Shannon when this is over. I'm not prepared to announce it. You yep. should write one where Santa Claus gets like really tired of Christmas and ends up going dark and's like, I just gonna since I can get into everybody's houses, I'm gonna go on the greatest murder spree ever. And then you would have to have some counter investigator that's like super powered in his brain that can like track down the super murderous uh, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So Kaz has clearly confused the inquest with Hal's Tales. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> And so, <laughs> well, it sounds to me like maybe we should do a Hallow's Eve Tales Christmas edition. That's what we should have done. Maybe we can do a New Year's edition, like do one Dick story. Hallow's Eve, anyway. Ah, uh, New <laughs> Year's. Wait for Zombie Dick Clark to ruin the New Year's Rockin' Eve. Tanner, what do you okay. think? Really dark and serial too, because we could do a story about each and every, a different type of murder that Santa does. New Year, New Year's uh, Hallow's Eve Tales. What do you think? There you go. New sure, why not? New Year's Hallow's Eve. We'd we'd have to uh, we'd have to really come up with a story very quickly. Very quickly, we yeah. have literal days. All right, Tanner, All right. your turn. No, it's not. It is Doru's turn. No, he does not get an action. No, no, Tanner's turn to uh, write the story. Oh yes, <laughs> Tanner. Why you do so, this? Why do you hurt me? What the picture you sent me? <laughs> look at the look at the text only for babies. Oh fuck. Reincarnation. <laughs> there he is at Hoth. He's he's. Oh god. He was, there, there he, he was so excited. He was behind Lincoln's assassination. Yeah. Well. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The rumors are true. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay will appreciate the thing right above the Hoth reference. Anyway, Cody, get uh, on the combat. Tis nice. Tis nice. All right. Doru is going to go right for the person who. Who caused all this? As he should. Well, hey, I don't blame him. Yeah. And since you are indeed a uh, a blood based character, uh, you you are weak to vampire type Pokemon. So he's gonna go for multi attack. Let's do Pokemon. Well, all right. In his out startled rage, his hunger. The visage that has been dropped, uh, he is going to dive for you, Bjorn, but in doing so is going to probably end up between the two of you. And not only that, he is going to fall flat and be prone. Fast vampire. He really his momentum. He hasn't he hasn't tried moving that quickly in a long time, or at least had intent for doing so. And so he is now downed before the two of you. And that, that, that will resolve, was hungry and weak. That will resolve his turn. And that takes us to Bjorn. Yeah. Me at Walmart today. <laughs> so at that point, let's see. Man, I'm, I'm so tempted. 
an hour you like an hour sorry out of character because i'm trying to figure something out um an hour of a ailment or something is pretty much like a session isn't it i mean that depends on how if it is in combat like you if you inflict an ailment upon him now it's basically going to be for the entire rest of the session or until he expires one or the other not him me yeah, then it's gonna it's gonna impact you for at least the entirety of this combat, and probably until you short rest or something of that ilk later on. Yes. Right. So, at this point, yeah, no, I'm gonna stick with this. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing my my dagger at him. Okay. As he goes down, just gonna swing through. Oh, All right. Yeah, that idiot chief. <laughs> yep. You are uh so like ready to go again. You're amped up. This person's come toward you. You've started it, so you know everything that's happening. With his plunging dive forward and almost like a pratfall forward, you expected something to happen and you swing at where he no longer is. It's like the opposite of how you're supposed to play quarterback. You're supposed to throw it where they're going, you stabbed where he was. You know what it is? It's the plunging attack. The plunge, the most powerful attack in the whole game. Donkey Kong sixty nine. You swing on the false wall. No! <laughs> no! Don't look at me. All right. On that note, because I have nothing to to follow up Donkey with. Hello. Uh, we're gonna go to Aiden. Hello. Uh, oh. I'm I'm going to as a free action. I would like to tell him that I'm sorry and I take no pleasure in this. And then as my action, I want to use uh, Channel Divinity Sacred Weapon. Okay. I think that works, right? For those of us playing at home, what is Channel Divinity Sacred Weapon? (laughs) As an action, you can imbue a weapon with positive energy. For one minute, the weapon is considered magical. You add plus two to attack rolls. It emits bright light for 20 feet and dim light for 20 feet beyond that. Uh, you can end the effect as part of any other action if you are no longer holding the weapon or if you fall unconscious. Yeah. You can do that, but note that it is an action to right. channel divinity. Right. So, in so my, that would be your action for this turn. Yes. In my head, I would say I take no pleasure in this as I pull the whip out and as I like kind of straighten it, length out, it just starts to glow in front of him. Okay. And then uh, I'm good right there. Okay. That you very much can do. And we move to the top of the order again. Alfred and Zephra, at this juncture, you guys would be able to come into play. Uh, Doru, it seems it's all animalistic reaction at this point. Much like your previous encounter with someone who was starved, it's it's all visceral. It's all <clears throat> muscle memory. There's not much behind it at this point. He expends much of his movement to get up. And again, the same thing. His focus, Aiden, he, you seem like he gets a little bit of attention off your glowing whip. But again, the fixation on the person that started this is where that attention lies. So you get the feeling that he, maybe the back of whatever brain is, is going on there notices, but his attention is full on Bjorn. And so off he goes again. Bjorn, he's coming for you. Bjorn in time. Bjorn, Bjorn in time, time. Exactly. Bjorn, your armor class is 14. The first attack is going to miss. He was going to come up trying to 
try to bite you. He wants to try to get in toward you, and that does not <laughs> succeed. That dice fell off the table. And right. then he gets disadvantaged for losing his dice. Well, neither one of them is going to hit. Again, you, you, this is an animal kind of let out of a cage at this point. It tries to get his teeth... It tries to get its teeth towards you, tries to get its claws on you. It doesn't lose position or like move further from that space. So combat-wise, Doru is stationary, but it's just fixation upon your character. And it, nothing is landing yet. Slap it a couple of times as I back away. <laughs> so as Doru is is thirsting for whatever it can find, uh, Alfred and, and Zephyr, you guys are now on the play. Y'all are included. Hearing the uh, the ruckus happening, <clears throat> I came in <clears throat> with my bow drawn and arrow notched, if not completely notched, you know, getting there, trying yeah. to see you know, what's going on and knocked. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at uh Alfred and Al Alfred and say, Don't shoot Bjorn, shoot the vampire. <laughs> who who shot first? I just wanted to like clear I just wanted to clarify. All right, I'm going to see the vampire on the ground and take a shot. Three, five, two. Well, let's figure out. I, I assume you didn't go too far to the church before this all happened, so let's do probably from here. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Yeah, you're, you're well within shot. So at this point, unless you have desire to be in a different location, you've got speed to get there. So I'll kind of place you at the base of the steps. Yeah, I'll take that shot. Okay. So you take that shot. Go ahead and give me a shot with your uh, bow. Use the bowcaster. Fourteen. <laughs> Fourteen. Fourteen will indeed hit. Go ahead and give me a damage roll. Jesus, three. That's still damage, brother. Happy birthday. <laughs> Can we get a plus yeah. one for birthday? No. Alright, well I'll try. DM has no sympathy. So, Alfred, you you roll that. You're able to, to land some contact. Again, Doru is kind of making manic motions toward Bjorn, and that's where his intention lies. And you catch him prompting the shoulder, the beef of it, kind of knocking him back a little bit. But it almost seems undeterred, as if it's a glancing blow. He barely notices. He continues to try to get where he's going. You said turd. And Bjorn, it's back to you. All right, at that moment, I... That was the sound of blood pouring from Duro's head. <laughs> uh, yeah. Trying to decide if I want to drop a curse on it. Oh, here we go. Like what? Like, yeah. fuck? Like, shit, fuck oh. ass, fuck shit. Bitch. Bitch. I don't think uh, Hunter's here. He would have carried that joke on. Oh, is he gone? Yeah, I think he stepped away for a second. Yeah. He, he would definitely would have followed up on that joke. Fuck shit, bitch. Fuck. That's not what it is. Oh, oh, yeah? Well, what does this say? Yeah? What, what does this say? <laughs> oh! Yeah. Where's right. the fucking lens? There anyway. it is. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm listening. I'm just making tea. I'd drop another one straight down. It hits this time. Go for damage. That's a 22 dagger. That's Big Nick dagger. I'm just 16. Maybe drop a pen, some bitch. (laughs) 
Um, yep, right. and that's going to be... I always thought I had, like, two actions. Or, t- like, two swings on my dagger. Yeah, you have one sack per action. Yeah. Two weapon fighting actions in combat. That means I can swing another dagger, yeah? If you had a second action to do so, yes. Yes, I do, right? That's my question. Can I... Do I have an Not action? As combat? written, no. You only have the one action. Okay, so... Hang two, on. I've also two got two weapon fighting. fighting I'll tell you what it does. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You have two weapon fighting. as a trace. I'm looking at it else. I'm on Bjorn. Yeah, I'm on the right one. I was just trying to figure out what the advantage is of having two weapon fighting if you can't use two of them. When you take the attack attack action to take attack with a light melee weapon that you're holding in one hand, you can use a bonus action to attack with a different light melee weapon in the other hand. Um, For that, you do not add your ability modifier to the damage of the bonus attack unless that modifier is negative. Correct. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I see it now. I was completely missing two weapon fire. I scrolled past it oh. three freaking times under your predatory strike. Yeah, if you have your dagger in the other hand, you can try, but there is, as Hunter noted, no modifier. You just throw it as is. Or All attack right. with a flat. Uh, just a D20. Straight contest, basically, yeah. Yep. Uh, where is that? So, yes, yeah, roll a D20. Shit. And that one will not. All right. So you catch clean on the first, you feel like you make good contact going through, but as you kind of go for the other one between, again, your first strike catching true after a couple tries of that not fully succeeding and then trying to get the other one back, Doru's flailing, and you kind of pass through him. That is it. All right. I think I'll probably back up a little bit, though. Okay. I mean, yeah, you do have, you have, do, you do have movement to work with, so you are able to do just that. Your table take a step back without... Attack of opportunity. If you take more than one back, you are going to take attack of opportunity. Yeah, I just want one. Yeah, you Is got that right here. I mean, the map's not specific, so I mean, okay. we'll classify as a, a step back. So, yeah, I don't need no opportunities. All right, Aiden, it's up. You're up. It's horse time. All right. Uh, I'm going to swing that magical whip, buddy. Okay. Dude, you swing. You seen swing that whip, homeboy? All right, so I got a plus two to my attack roll. Mm-hmm. Do good, so I don't have to come downstairs. Oh, you're going to have to come downstairs. <laughs> you're going to have to do it she now. She made it sound like it was real life and she was going to come beat your ass if you didn't do well in combat. Uh, that's a, uh, well, technically it's a 20. 18. Well, but I got the plus two that doesn't show on there. Yeah, so it'd be a 16 plus four, so 20. Yep. So, I mean, a 20 is going to hit, so go ahead and roll your, your damage on that, sir. I'd rather not say. It's five. Oh, oh yeah, it's five. five. Okay, okay. Well, with the imbued, uh, you know, the channel divinity, uh, you notice it gives. It seems like a little more pop at the end of it than you you would anticipate. And also in the background, it's going da 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 da. Nope. 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 We can't do that. We can't do that. Konami. Take a time out of building those plachinko uh, p- p- machines. Yeah, there you go. Plachinko p- Plachinko well, <laughs> machine. Oh, I just spit on myself. Okay. You got to pay extra for that in Amsterdam. I do. Well, Zephra, as you um, again hear this this cacophony of madness downstairs, you've heard 
you know, kind of quivers let go. You heard the crack of the whip. You hear kind of the screaming of, of someone being attacked. How do you wish to handle everything you're taking in here? I kind of look back out the door of the church first. <laughs> and then finally, like, begrudgingly walk over to the door and go downstairs with them. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to hang out at the top of the steps. Okay. Rather than attempting to go down them further. Right, we can do that. And wow. I am going to go ahead and cast Ice Knife to Chuck at the vampire. Okay. That is something you can do. hate that it rolls everything at once. <laughs> Whoa. And doesn't show you any of it until, yeah, there. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, with an eight, you will miss. Yep. yep. So you come down those stairs. <laughs> I was like, yeah, bye. <laughs> yep. You kind of give it the flip, but as everything is going on, there's a, a quagmire of people at the base. You kind of go down there, and you just can't get can't contact or Otherwise, I'm just going to hang out at the top of the steps. All right. As we get back to Doru, uh, Alfred and Zephra, give me a, a perception check. Okay. Zephra, you don't notice much. Again, all the sound of the chaos happening and your attack kind of being thrown. You don't get the best of, of anything going on here. Alfred, faintly, and you kind of second-guess yourself, you feel like you hear a, you hear a howl in the distance. Uh, <clears throat> what kind of howl am I hearing? You're inside the basement. It's not too clear. The fact you hear it is a little bit surprising to you, seeing as you're technically underground. Okay. But you you hear a howl in the distance, and that's where we leave that. Uh, Doru, again, being hemmed in on all sides, not feeling great about it. He, you know, Bjorn has made his way away from him. So Aiden, he now sees you as the the most convenient feeding source. So he's going to come your way. I am convenient. You are convenient. <laughs> Tasty. And you He's will after that tasty ass. You will not suffer anything at this point, at least. Apparently my uh, ass he, ain't he, that tasty. He <laughs> swings with swings with one claw or one hand. Cannot catch you. You got bitter butt. And the other one, he does not either. Boy, howdy. Bitter butt. Bitter beer <laughs> face. Neither yeah. neither attack strikes true. He kind of again flails because he's pivoted direction. He knows there are things behind him, or at least viscerally he does. He just swipes twice. And with your chain mail kind of keeping things away from your flesh, you don't catch much. You, you know, kind of lift your arms up with the whip in your hand, and it doesn't cause any impact. But Kaz, did you get that Elden Ring? What? Did you get that Elden Ring on the on the the PC? Steam. What? Yes. Stay in the game, Shannon. I am. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm Alfred, sure. go. I should answer. All right, I'm going to attack. All right. With my, my, my bow. Birthday bow. That's a 15. That's going to hit. 
for eight damage. Okay. Kaz, I'm going to message you. I've already messaged you back. <laughs> All right. So you, Alfred, this time catch even more true than you have. You you feel more secure about this one. You've kind of surveyed the area. Doru has its back to you, so you just have a cleaner shot. You put it in. Knocks right in the back. As a and, uh, as a free action, I'm just going to say out loud vocally to all my my uh, clanmates here that uh, I I heard something outside. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but when you wrap this up soon, I got a feeling. Okay. As we move in the combat order, we go back to Bjorn. Bjorn in time. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I just light it up with another fucking crossbow bolt. Okay. I love my crossbow a lot. Load up and fire. Booyah. Oh, good lord. Okay. I shoot big bow. How do we say we've handled uh, crits? What was it, double? It was max. Max, yeah. It's max. Sorry. Okay. We're, we're starting back with another D&D campaign I'm playing in soon, and I'm conflating all the rules from that group again. So max damage yeah. on your crossbow. Eleven. Well, to be yep. fair, rules as written is supposed to be double. Right. Roll it, yep. Double it. But. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it's uh, 1d8 plus 3. So 11. Bjorn, you, you feel better than anything else in this moment. Actually, I'm going to ask you, specifically, everything that has happened over the last hour or so uh speaking to donovich the incident that happened with him you engaging with and trying to put down his son what what's going through your head in all this as i'm throwing this last bolt at him i'm remembering having flashbacks to uh bjorn and his village as a backstory um prior to going into being a blood hunter and when these things had come into the village and wiped it out, which is subsequently what left me alone, my family dead and everything. I'm having flashbacks to those moments as I'm like raging out, throwing this bolt at it. Yeah. We move from Bjorn uh, to Aiden and Aiden, you have a, you can see it now that the, the, the color is leaving from Doru. Not that there was much in the first place. He was a very pale individual in this in this basement, but you could tell that uh, there is not much left of this of this person. Then pray thee that my thine whips uh, whips hit true. All right, Robin of Loxley, give me a roll. <laughs> the harder lemonade might have hit me harder than I thought. All right, <laughs> don't worry. The two uh, sours I had it. Trivia night tonight did the same. Which Cody, is why I ate that that, if he rolls a one, he's just gonna go. This is a what? So we have a copy of the script. This isn't what's supposed to happen. <laughs> that hurry gets you every time. Cody, do, tw- do he gets tw- another shot. Do twelve do anything? Twelve narrowly does a thing. Go ahead, yeah. and give me an attack. I appreciate you and the Lord. All right. Roll better. Uh, that's a seven. Not just a twelve. It's actually two dice. These. There are sixes, and he's just seeing double. Well, well two dice, one for each of you. Yeah. You've been imploring a deity or two. How do you do it? Uh, is his back to me, or is he looking at me at this point? 
No, he is he is to you uh, to to take out a universe for a moment. You almost picture that he's basically about to pull the Charlie Sheen in platoon. He's been hit so many times in the back, but his cognition is not to what's hitting him from behind. But you seeing him face to face see that the manic energy is draining, if only because there's not much left with him. There's not much life force. Then if I can if I can do it my own way out of both pity and and you know sympathy and all that. Um, I swing that whip, wrap it around his neck, and just yank back on it and pull the entire head off. Okay. If, that's, if that will please the, the gentleman. Well, what in the dust, dust of dawn is going on down here? <laughs> I mean, you have, in, you have imbued a sacred weapon, and I'd say whomever you've, uh, you've turned to in sacred sense that grants you your desire. You grab that, you pull... And it feels almost as if it cleaves it. Off it goes. Blood just sprays everywhere as his body falls down and his head goes just, rolling somewhere. I just pictured the old Halo 3 horde mode. The little minions coming at you and you got the looking fatty. No, it's much more cinematic than that. He, he just, you know, he, he looks very solemn when he does it. He doesn't enjoy it. It's his job. He doesn't enjoy it. Well, think- as the head's following... Red shoulders his bow. Did what happened? Did he attack you guys when you came down? I'm gonna look up at him and just uh, tell him he didn't have to. This was uh this was mercy, not murder. Wasn't there an option where we could possibly save him if he turned killed the person who turned him? Look at him again and say we don't even know what the person that turned him is like. You have no idea. This is the way. And uh, and then I got sued, but before before the lawsuit came in, it's been good. Yeah, before the lawsuit comes in, I'm gonna walk past all of them and go back upstairs, just kind of stomping past them a little bit, not in like a rude way, but just a very driven way. I'm gonna follow you, thinking that you're the one that fired the first shot. Uh, Kind of upset. Look, I'm. I have no. I have no qualms with killing things, but unnecessarily is unnecessarily. I don't. I had. I had hoped to be able to save this person if possible. I wanted to be able to talk to him, maybe find out who turned him. I'm gonna turn back to him and tell him we did save him, and then ask. Oh, so I was gonna say, and then ask him to help me get the father down. Well, I'm definitely glad the father was dead and didn't have to witness this. I'll use his, his height to, to help me get that body down. <laughs> As Aiden's going up the steps, I'm following him behind him. And I just kind of like look at, um, uh, what is his name? Alfred. Alfred. Red. I just kind of like look at him red silently as I go by, just shaking my head. <laughs> In my head, I'm thinking, you know who fired that first fucking shot. What? <laughs> You don't even have to ask. So I I gather at this point we're leaving the body where it's at. Just kind of. Well, temporarily. Um, I'm actually, I I just want to pull down the father first. Red. Red. Zephyr. Zephyr, what say you of all this? You've witnessed yet another, uh, another murder. Maybe or maybe not instigated by members of your traveling crew. I'm not entirely sure what I want to think of at this time, but at the same time, we've been dealing with vampires, of one of which 
beforehand had chomped on me back at a house, so I'm not really arguing too much. We are monster hunters. We do. Well, a couple of you are monster hunters. Yeah, well, the ones that <laughs> the ones that instigated the fight are. <laughs> the others have been deputized. Yes. Yeah. They so, might not know it yet, but they've been deputized. Well, so the goal is to get by the, whose fucking authority? <laughs> monster Hunter <laughs> University. <laughs> it's a whole. <laughs> Uh, like U.S. Marshals, everywhere is our jurisdiction. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones called me earlier. <laughs> I said it was okay. So, Cody, basically, I want to pull. Was it to tell you he can't have mentor? Your buffoonery? <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, I want to pull. Uh, I would like to pull down the father, and then I'm going to ask Bjorn <laughs> to go collect the son and bring him outside. If that's okay. I mean, you're. I mean, there's nothing that's going to stop you certainly from pulling down Donovich, or at least you know cutting him down and bringing his body to the floor. Bjorn, do you have any qualms about bringing him out? No, I just Dorn? go downstairs. I grab him by the an ankle and just start dragging him up the steps. I'm gonna look at Zephyr and say, <laughs> "I look at Zephyr and say the head too." <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna roll I... my eyes at you, but I'm gonna go down and pick it up by the hair and bring it out. Ew. Red is extremely uncomfortable with the situation. Let the boy rest. Take his father to him. Let them rest together. I'm going to look at him and just say, what do you think I'm doing? We're going to bury them. We're going to wait for a rest. friend back there to respect the body a little bit better. Should we burn this one? Like, I just hold it up by the foot? (laughs) Yeah, we're both shaking our head at him. (laughs) Just just uh, t- take him outside and I'm, point- and I'm pointing over at uh uh at the head just kind of like just shouldn't we burn it is uh, out of out of character is Rasmus coming back or was he still doing business with the with other people apparently he's still off screen I was actually going to revisit him as you guys exit this building with these two bodies in tow yeah we're going to take them cuz there's a graveyard there at the church too right yeah yeah we're going to take them to the graveyard yeah, you- and y'all just laid one person there i guess here's two more hey the shovels are uh, ready uh, right, they already had holes. Gotta as you all uh, walk out again, one of you kind of—it <laughs> seems Donovich is being treated with some respect. It seems like Doru is being desecrated as he goes out, so that's a good sign uh, for all of you. And specifically, I, I say this to include Rasmus as well. Uh, even on the other side of town, all of you, I need another perception check. Wait, all of us? All of you? Okay. That's a plus five. Dude, I did better this time. Nineteen. Gross. Wait, do I have advantage on that? No. Why? Why would I do? Why? 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 Uh, is it just perception, or is there a different button I need to click? Be perception. Yeah, I should do yeah, that. But it's twelve plus five, so seventeen. 17. Okay. Uh, I got a B. Oh, that's a that twenty. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, you're minus one. Minus one. Uh, it's, it's a skill check, so nothing big comes of it, but. Uh, except for Alfred, for whatever reason, I he's disturbed. I'll let you decide. You're he's, distracted. He's so disturbed by I'm what still, he's seeing. I'm still pissed off about how they're treating the child. This is the third person child, he's been buried. He's had to bury today. <laughs> Keep making these shovels up. Yeah. So, other than Alfred, uh, the rest of you, as you take these bodies out to behind the church, and Rasmus, you, uh. 
pull back to you briefly. Irina has gathered her supplies. She doesn't have much in the way of, you know, maybe a few days worth of clothes, uh, and, you know, yeah. a ration, whatever the small adventurer kit that you assume most commoners would have with them. Uh, she yeah. does also, uh, before she leaves the house, Ismark uh, makes a note to uh, come out from upstairs with a, a rapier. A very plain, not very ornamental, but a, a rapier, and hands it to Irina and says, Sister, what little I have shown you likely pales to what these folks and whom you may encounter can show you. But I pray it meets you as a safe defense mechanism if the need arise. I love you. Be safe. I will hear of you soon, I'm sure. That exchange happens. Irina, you know sends it response and she looks at you Rasmus as you know she kind of gears up her kit and says what do we do uh we we make our way back to my compatriots sorry I'm typing notes yep <laughs> that's why I, that's okay. off. I listened I heard yep. it all but yeah it, without much much uh more I want to say pleasantry and that's not the word without much more like like talky uh <laughs> Rasmus basically yeah yeah he, he's pretty much to the point at this point um that perception check can you tell me again what it told me i gotta or did it tell me anything i got a seven uh, as you step outside it's actually gonna tell you exactly what it is because for all of right. you other than alfred Rasmus, as you and Irina go outside and for those of you that are in the graveyard as you go you all again and Irina has the check as well you all hear the howl again Okay, so if I could, if I can take a little narrative control of that, mm -hmm. then I would like for her to ask me that as we step outside, and yep. then we hear that, and then I turn to her and say, "We go," and we start making trails toward the the church again. Okay, you you do that. You kind of scan as you hear that sound. You you Rasmus and Irina don't see anything, but you have the feeling that you are being watched. Yep. Those of you in the graveyard, other than Alfred kind of digging along and doing it, you all hear a howl. And specifically, uh, Zephra and uh, Aiden, since I guess you both passed the check in this situation, you both kind of scan the area, and toward the edge of the mists, you both see a pair of wolves kind of in the periphery pacing back and forth a little bit and then pulling themselves back into the mist, kind of backpedaling out. Alfred, I think we found the sound of your howl from earlier. What was that? What? I guess you didn't hear the wolves. Sorry, I'm too busy uh, contemplating how to stop my comrades from over there from killing more people that could be saved. Oh, now he's got a conscience. Uh, Alfred gives you a death stare and then turns to focus on whatever you guys were hearing. Okay. Uh, other than other than digging the hole or trying to find some vacant space in the earth for these two people, um, are any of you helping to dig or any of you kind yeah. of preparing these bodies I'm, and destroying them? Yeah, no, I've, got a, I've got a shovel in my hand. I'm digging down. Um, but not really paying attention to anyone else around. It's still kind of like 
having the, these flashbacks and, and these these thoughts and memories are still kind of passing through him. I uh, I definitely notice the howling and uh, just kind of look at everyone and just again solemnly just says dig faster. I take out my crossbow and let them dig. And, but I'm going to keep an eye on the edge where the mist was. And while they're doing that, I'm also kind of preparing the bodies a little bit. Just, you know, what I can do. Putting the head back near the body. Straightening their clothes. Kind of trying to brush off the dirt. Make them look peaceful. Trying to be respectful to the bodies. And, and I'm going to look at Alfred. I feel so weird saying Alfred because I feel like I'm trying to put an accent on it. So it's just red. <laughs> Call me red. Red. Uh, I'm going to look at red and say, like, I'm not... Uh, I know I'm not the right person for this, but you know I do believe they deserve an honorable burying. Burial. I'm tipsy. Uh, hopefully, uh, our friend gets back and he can bless over the graves. But I'm just what you guys did. I'm not entirely sure about. So this is something that you have to deal with. I'll stay and watch. Let's say fair As enough. As this discussion goes, again, the especially now unencumbered Rasmus, not with carrying a coffin or guiding multiple people, mm-hmm. it's not, as you can tell by the map, not a terrible journey to the church. It probably takes you about 15 minutes, 20 minutes to get across the village. And based upon kind of how you perceive the grounds again, what do you and Irina do? Because, again, she is very much following your lead here. So, so we've made it back to the church at that point, and at least the grounds. Like you're kind of approaching the front steps to the vestibule. You, okay. Um, until we can see where everyone is, I'm looking for the rest of them. And if they're out back, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna make. I, I guess there's no back exit to the church itself, right? I'm gonna have to go right. in to see they're not there, and then there's not much to see. So go in, call for them. They don't respond. Go back out and say they must be you know, at the graveyard. That's the only thing I can imagine. Um, so then we'll head around back to see yep. what we see. And you do just that. And as, as you make your way around with Bjorn and with Alfred digging, you guys have at least got a shallow grave for both of these, these individuals dug at this point. You're not able to go full six feet, but you've got at least a, a an area to rest them. So Rasmus and Irina, you both come around the corner and you see this scene, Alfred and Bjorn digging, Zephra crossbow up, kind of scanning the periphery, uh, Aiden tending to a, a something, a body on the ground. And I'm I really ask her to stay back just okay. like, as quickly as I can. As soon as she sees that there's something there, um, keep a watchful eye on the streets. I'll see what's going on over here. As you say that, Irina actually will kind of scurry, kind of pull a rapier to pose. You, you, based upon the way she stands with it, you can tell she has some defensive training, kind of some parry and protectiveness type stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's not very confident with it, and especially with what little it seems she's picking up on. The Howl, this scenario of Unknown, and Zephra with a crossbow. Actually, Zephra, she's going to kind of post up right next to you. Okay. So yeah, she kind of like runs that. next to Zephra as, as an extra body, kind of trying to get yeah. somewhere stationary. And Rasmus, you it's like the school take the fencing champion, having to go in, like into a street fighting tournament. Um, yeah. So yeah, basically, I'm going to stalk over to wherever this, whatever is happening there, and on the way, say, "What in the old mater's name have you been up to?" 
I'm gonna grab Rasmus by the shoulder and pull him to the side. Oh, not you. You're busy with her. <laughs> oh, I was. I thought I was still. No, in no, the no, 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 no. I was talking to Lindsay. I was talking to Lindsay. Oh. The other one. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna grab Rasmus by the shoulder and pull him to the side. Explain to him what I what I had noticed and what I was told, and basically hoping that he's on my side about this because this felt totally unnecessary. Yeah, after the explanation, there would be an audible sigh, and he would say something about God in heaven. Okay, bury them quickly now. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna hear the whisper and take offense of this, and turn to everybody and just kind of get my balls up a little bit and say, "This is what we do. This what right. ha- this is what has to be done." He hung himself, and the sun was turning into a monster. What would you rather me do, Red? Would you rather me let this thing go and wait and see what it does to everyone else in this village? Any of you that doesn't have the heart or the spine to do this, you are in the wrong territory. And I won't come here beside you. You know what territory we're in. Any more than the rest of us do. I'm in a territory where monsters are trying to kill people. You're in a territory where people are being turned against their will and sometimes they don't deserve to die. What would you have done? I think about it, and I step up to the side of him, and I just kind of like continue that narrative as well. And I think about the other people who haven't been turned yet that are at risk of that thing running wild, and we just did. like any other monster around here, it, that thing, the thing could have been locked away and saved eventually. Importantly, it doesn't matter what I would have done because that decision's been made. That thing, I say as I point down at the boy, lost control. When did he, he lose he, control? You literally told me you attacked first. I didn't attack anything first. And you weren't there and you didn't see him. And you didn't see what he was becoming. You don't know what he was becoming because you haven't dealt with things like this before. I have. So don't tell you me don't. my business. First of all, you don't know my backstory. You don't have no idea what I dealt with. Wait, are you saying that in character or out of character? Yeah, in character. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to lend a little bit of, of, of humor to it so people don't think we're mad at each other. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, this is characters. Yes. Yeah, this this, is... this would be the point. This would be the point where Rasmus would take a step back and say, look, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. None of us have the energy for this. It has been a very long day. It's been a very long week. This girl, pointing over her shoulder to Irina, needs to get to Velaki and out of here. And so do we. There's no time for this. Get them buried. I'll bless the bodies, and we need to get out of here. We'll deal with all of this later, but there's no time for this. I'm going to nod at him and look at Red and say, we will settle this, settle this later and walk away. Red Red just kind of watches him with a slow grin. On his, on, like just a, just a half grin, thinking, yeah, we definitely will. You happy now, Cody? You happy now that it's all falling apart? <laughs> he loves it. Yeah. I know yeah, exactly what yeah. he's thinking. He's a fucking DM. He loves it. This is phenomenal. Yeah. Now the character arcs are starting to come into play. All right. Factions are, are, are starting to form. Now it's getting interesting. Are they... So so? are you guys getting these guys in the ground? Like, what's going on? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna help lower the bodies into the ground and start, you know... Yeah. Okay. 
Rasmus is not going to take the time to get his vestments or anything like that. He would reach back for like a like a vial of Cody. Do I have like a vial of holy water or like yeah. a sensor or something? Some little like a yeah, little. It's thing something you would have already used earlier the day with right. uh, Burgomaster, so you still have that on hand. Yeah, I'm going to shake that out and and go to just something very quick. Um, once there's like space and a bit of calm, Rasmus would sort of put his hands out just to kind of bring everything to a halt, and he says. Uh, master of mercy and hope for the hopeless instill into me this day the spirit of mercy and forgiveness to bestow likewise myself upon those who in their wretchedness mete out cruelty upon your helpless and suffering children so that all may come to bestow your mercy in your manner or failing that guide my feet and he glances over uh, <laughs> at Aiden uh, and, and at uh, uh, Bjorn and says guide my feet to kick their sorry asses from sword coast to the sea of stars and back again this I ask as your humble and loving servant amen Bless, bless, done. Smirk right. and then start filling and then start covering them with dirt. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the that is the the ill moderate version of uh, rub a dub dub. Thanks for the grub. Like we gotta we gotta go. <laughs> Take some yeah. uh, some makeshift crosses, pop them in the ground in front of the uh, the dirt, and it always makes me think of the uh, Evil Dead. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Has anybody ever seen that? The part oh, where yeah. where he puts the crosses down and she's like, you know, they were Jewish, right? I I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said something before I made those crosses. <laughs> before I spent all this time yeah. on that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you are you are certainly able to achieve all of that again. These are shallow graves. They're not pretty. Yeah, you could probably grab a couple of planks off of the pews or the altar inside the church and lash them together to put crosses in the dirt if you so wish. As soon as Rasmus' part with that is done, he's going to immediately turn to Irina and say, the only thing we need your help with now is how do we get out of here? How do we book passage? Who do we trust to get us to the next place? And she's going to look at you and say, lest someone find their way here, someone provide it themselves. And she looks down. The feet you speak of are the passage. Okay. Um, I have I have one other idea. That might be helpful. Follow me. And he says that to her and then turns and says it to everyone else. Um, I want to head to the blood and vine. Okay. Anybody make any qualms with that? Um, I I have a small Kaz, before we do anything, I'm going to send you a quick text real quick, Kaz. Um, Because I have an idea for something and I just want to make sure Kaz is okay with it. So stall for just a second. Before Um, we go there? Yeah. Okay. All right, that sounds if good. I make no. I'm going to put my crossbow away just to not draw attention any more than what we are. That's probably for the yeah. best. Yeah. You okay with that, Kaz? I'm also going to tell Irina she can right. she can sheath her her weapon. So as everyone else is walking, Bjorn and Aiden kind of hang back, and as everybody starts, everybody's walking away, and before we can get too far, Aiden grabs Bjorn and pushes him up against the church wall. And like puts his arm up against his throat and says, I didn't, I, I saw what you did. I know I took up for you, but this is not over between us. And he kind of pushes him off and walks away. So about that time, and, and after kind of um, Bjorn hunches back over, he's still kind of like dealing with this inner rage that just won't kind of quit. It just seems to continue to simmer and perhaps get even hotter and hotter. Um, but as, as that's happening, he still, he, he can't seem to separate himself from these kind of like onslaught of memories and, 
kind of thoughts and the senses that he's starting to have in the local area, smells and everything is starting to kind of like enhance that. And it's becoming a lot more visceral. But uh, at that point, like different scenes coming through his head, like the attacks on his village, the after effects of burying people, just digging with that grave is starting to make him remember like burying the people that like were taken out during that time. And he's starting to kind of like remember as he was moving toward this, who he's become today. So as you all have that engagement with each other, the party writ large makes their way back to the Blood and Vine. Rasmus, it sounds at this point as though you're taking point. So as you approach yeah. the Blood and Vine, there, nothing's going to intervene in your guys' path going back to it. So as you go in, you, you feel as though, again, this area has not much in the way of uh, uh, time telling of the sunrise, sunset, all of that. You can tell you started yeah. out in the morning. You're just shy of midday as you kind of cross that precipice into the afternoon. Okay. Um, but basically just like, as opposed to when we came in quietly the previous time and, and were new and didn't know what was going on, more or less just fling open the door. Um, I'm looking for Alenka, Mirabelle, or the both of them. Okay. As you, uh, you know, kind of throw open the doors, uh, you notice that the bar is relatively empty. Uh, the drunken individual that was at the bar has kind of made his way somewhere. You know, you'd see kind of the, the small smattering of glasses or pints on the table. So he's been here at some point. Uh, Eric, the barkeep, is still mindlessly kind of sweeping the floor. But you do see both sisters in the back of the room. Okay. Um, I'm going to, again, I ask Irina to wait. And this time I'm, again, addressing everyone, both of the, or, you know, both her and, and the rest of the party to wait a second. Um, there's no like faked confidence this time. Rasmus is just striding across the room, uh, to them. And as soon as he knows he has their attention, he's going to ask very seriously on, um, I need passage to Velaki. Who can I trust? They look after your first interaction with them, they are taken a bit aback. Like they did not want to expect you again. And especially yeah. not in this very direct, blunt state. So you kind of catch the sisters mid-story as you kind of come in, especially stilted as you're there. Passes to Velaki. Why would you... What's the, what is happening? There's really not enough time to explain, but if it makes it any better, we plan on stopping at Sarah Pool along the way. One sister kind of shudders and shakes her head. And Mirabelle, the one in front specifically, just kind of puts her hand in, her head in her hands. Oh, well, I can at least tell you to this point that unless you encounter one of our people, well, former people, uh, your path will not be well regarded in the way of travelers. Most avoid going between places if they can. Uh, and she, she looks and notes and says, I cannot speak of passage from here to Malaki, but if you make your way to Serapool, the Vistani people may well receive you and provide something in that way. Okay. Horses? Anyone has horses to rent? Or are we 
uh, uh, relegated to traveling on foot. Foot travel. They both look uh, a gesture to each other, kind of give a brief aside, but they look and say, not in this town. There is a mercantile, but the person that runs it has but sparing supplies at best, and certainly nothing in the way of animals. How far is it to the pool? They both look and say about a day and a half travel. You will have to camp on the path. Okay. All right. Uh, Rasmus digs into his meager little pouch. I think I've got like 15 gold. Yeah. Uh, well, again, remember, th- th- three gold bought the bar for basically a week. <laughs> or at least a right. good chunk of time. So. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna give him. Tell him to flip a, not flip. That's way too flippant for him. Um, no pun intended. I'm gonna give each of them a coin, like lay them on the table, split them up, you know, with my pinky and index finger, and say, "Thank you both for your help. It's been much appreciated." You throw it at them, and they both oh, flip it again, up. not expecting any payment of any sort. Say, again, flabbergasted by this whole scene. We wish you safe travels. We see you have. A guest. Be wary. As you surely know, eyes watch her. I like the idea. Again, I don't want to take your narrative from you, but that Rasmus had already turned and was walking away when she says that. And as soon as she says guest, like he stops. So it's like camera over his shoulder to her, but you can still see his face. And he kind of just like curtly nods and over his shoulder and then on his way. All right. Rasmus and Irina's not far behind. You've been taking the lead here, rest of the party, as he bolts his way out. I mean, it's not like anyone was really talking quietly here. Any thoughts? I am. So, I think Bjorn and I both are solemnly quiet, just glaring at each other and uh, following Rasmus at this point. Uh, as soon as we all get back out into the street, I'm going to make mention, not not unkindly, but quickly, you know, over my shoulder. Um, again, we don't have any time, so if anyone needs anything before we go, we set out now. It's going to take about a day and a half to get there, which means we will have to camp, as you heard, overnight. Um, if your rations aren't topped off, if your ammunition is not prepared, we stop at the mercantile on our way. But beyond that, it's time to leave. And he more or less like keeps the eye contact is mostly party at large Irina split 50 50 just so she knows that like he's trying to to take control and make sure that she gets where she needs to go safely. Mm-hmm. I'm all ready to go. I'm just locked and loaded tipsy. I drop <laughs> back a, a, that cup of ale in front of me and I, I start walking toward the door. He, he took it out into the street. He already had it with him. Like, <laughs> yeah, Some guy walking by, he just hands it to him. Like, he, he, <laughs> there you go, partner. Yeah. As as uh, both of you or you know, all of you get ready, especially Rasmus and Irina in the lead, uh, quickly out the door comes Mirabelle, and she kind of passes the party and looks at you, Rasmus, and says. Understanding my people, I think I may know why you've been called to Serpool. The reason you call for that. Let me at least assist you a bit in the way of finding your way there. This is a strange land and grow stranger. Going without guidance 
is an ill-taken endeavor. And she kind of quickly had scrawled kind of in the uh, in the bar or in the inn where to go from Barovia, and she hands it to you. And she gives you kind of a vestige point, Rasmus, of you are here exiting the town from a direction you came. And she kind of gives you a portion of this, and as I have, I believe, I'll set you all back here. Oh, it's actually on the map. I'm dumb. Oh, I keep yeah. looking at my notes and not <laughs> the actual map. Out. There's so many things. Okay, there we go. You'll, she'll give you, again, a bit of direction, or at least a, a, a vantage point. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a lot of direction. She'll, she'll note, you are here in Barovia. Mm -hmm. There will be a fork in the path if the mists allow to take you to Serpool. There is also Sarah Falls. Again, take caution as you go, especially with your new compatriots. The mist may not be friendly, but the Vistani, if you reach them, are. And again, she gives you a curt nod, acknowledges the party. In she goes. He would have thanked her somewhere yeah. in there. We don't have to get fancy with it. Yeah. Okay. And as you all start making your way out of Barovia... You hear a howl once more in the distance. And that's where we cut her off. Yeah. Oh, keep hitting that reef for sending me straight to heaven. That's for the <laughs> weed heads out there. You know what it is, Bone Thugs and Harmony. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh This is an interesting This venturing crew's got some tension as they make their way into paths mm. unknown to places mm. unknown. You leave the first stronghold you've had not, well, not run by a vampire per se. It seems like things are testy, but I think that's where the fun begins. Oh, yeah. Cody, it was yeah. fantastic. You you finished the yeah. year off in an amazing way. Good job. Yes. I'll do credit to you guys as the as the, uh, the characters and the players. You're, you're taking and embodying these people, and it's fantastic. I'm liking to see where we're going here. I can't wait for the finale when Zephra fries everybody because she's the villain <laughs> all along. Everyone's infighting except for her because she's going to murder huh. everyone. All right, thanks. Here's my Vince Russo <laughs> book. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Next episode, on, bro. It's the, bro. It's the Millionaires Club. It's the New Blood. I swear to God, Strahd is going to be that '70s bro, and the Castle Ravenloft is going to have a disco ball. Bro, rap bro. All right, S E X. Strahd Extreme Actions, bro. No one booked it like that. Well, I gotta go change the name of the group chat. Strahd Strahd Extreme Actions. <laughs> Cody, wrap up twenty twenty two. Let's do this. Yes, we tried it once. Let's do it again. Uh, lest anything get done in between now and the new year this weekend, this may be the last episode of of PZ eighty five of any sort for twenty twenty two. We yes. would like to thank you for your joining along every variant and adventure this group undertakes, whether it be PZ85 plays both Star Wars and now Curse of Strahd with a few little interminglings of Savage Worlds and the horrors of Perryville in between, 
whether it be PZ After Dark, whether it be the most recent editions, as noted, of The Inquest with Hunter Hendricks. We've got the two-parter of Ghostbusters that came out this last weekend. Highly encourage you to listen to that. I want to believe, I'm sure, as we talked about in the pre-show, there are some ethereal things happening that yeah. may warrant discussion as we cross over into another year in Dude, this we have not century. done a real I want to believe since August. No, not even August, July. It has been yeah, it's been a months. hot minute. All the shows kind of fell under that umbrella, but we said we were going to do one after the Midwest Con on the Unknown, and it never happened. We lied. Yeah, it broke our brains too much. Yeah. We didn't know what to do. So, yeah, that's got to come back in the new year. Yep. And it, and so it will. And it will. And so you shall. <laughs> uh, Only well. the strong may suckle at mother's teeth. <laughs> Uh, the, the year of fossil fuels 2023 I feel it PC85 all over it uh, for those of you that are relatively new to the uh, activities and well adventures for lack of a better phrase again that we do here at PC85 you have the places you can go to podzilla1985.com for the backlog you can also subscribe to podzilla1985 on your podcast app of choice Spotify, Apple Podcast Podbean uh, no SoundCloud, but it is on Spotify, so you can go that way as well. And YouTube, sometimes, and yeah, that that there too. That's true. That's true. Steve All King. You can also go to Facebook.com/slash/Podzilla1985 to check on all the news and notes as we get you ready for another year of goodies. How many years we've been doing this, Shannon? Eight years. Eight. Yeah. Eight my years. God. And most sake. most podcasts don't last this long. We've and you know what? I'm proud to say. I know I joke, but I think we have done mostly really good shows, a lot of entertainment, and we've had so much fun doing it. Except for the times we haven't, but for the most part, it has been. So, eight years. Podzilla 1985. The cast has changed here and there. The but but the feelings the same, and we love you guys. So thank you for supporting us all these years, and I'm so happy that everyone is still part of this. Hell yeah. A good time. Hell yeah. Well, no better way to send off the year for Double H, for Kaz, for Lindsay, for Tanner, for Shannon. I am Cody Sandusky, your Dungeon Master. Thank you so much for listening to PZ85 Plays the Curse of Strahd. Uh, stay safe in the fog and mist, friends. We'll see you on the other side of it. Take care. <laughs>